Hey families, welcome back to the S-Word three-part series. Today's episode number six is part two of three, and we're picking up where we left off. Are you a soon-to-be parent or a new parent who has questions and not sure where to go about sleep? Last episode, we talked about sleep in general, what are the common pain points to sleep, and getting to know our guest, Rosalie, a pediatric sleep consultant. And we've got Rosalie on again, and we're going to talk more about sleepless nights, how to make things easier, understanding that sleep is a journey, and some myth-busting. Okay, just a quick reminder, Cola Take 15 podcast will make every effort to broadcast correct information and to keep it as general as possible for all of our listeners. On this podcast, we're having conversations with guests, exploring parenting topics and information shared are general and not to be used as treatment for any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult with your own healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. Now, let's get going. Are sleepless nights the rite of passage for becoming a parent? And I'm going to throw that over to our expert Rosa here. Like, do you, what do you think about that statement? Because I think that, I think a lot of parents feel that. Yeah. And that's something you often hear when you're kind of entering that realm of parenthood for the first time. And quite honestly, there is a bit of truth to it for sure. With a newborn, when you bring this little bundle home for the first time, there's no two ways about it. There are going to be sleepless nights and that is totally, totally normal. Mm -hmm. Newborns kind of work on a 24 hour schedule. They sleep a little bit. They eat a little bit. They play a very little bit and then they sleep again. Uh, And for those first couple of weeks, it might just seem like they eat and sleep, eat and sleep, eat and sleep. (laughs) And And a poop in there and a pee in there (laughs) at four o'clock in the morning, which is always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're trying to change. You're trying to change like a blowout um, using like your cell phone flashlight. (laughs) Or not even because you don't want that much light. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's crazy what we do um, as parents, but that's what we do. Yeah, you got to get through it. Uh, and I really like to, to set it up realistically for parents that, yes, you will have sleepless nights mm-hmm. because a newborn's tummy is just, it's too small. It can't, the newborn can't so sleep true. through the night. They need to be fed. And really during those, you know, that newborn phase, the priority is bonding with baby mm-hmm. and making sure you're establishing good feeds. Sleeping well can help with establishing good feeds, but getting your baby to sleep through the night is most definitely not the priority in that phase. And so there will be sleepless nights for the first little while, but there is light at the end of that tunnel. I want to reassure you that it is not until 18 years. (laughs) We're not going to 18 years. (laughs) Thank goodness. So there are babies that start sleeping through the night as early as three months, not everyone, but some might. And then kind of from there, as they get a bit older, we can start seeing a lot of babies sleeping through the night around six months. It's very, very possible around that age. And so, yes. Yeah. Right. You know, what? when I used to teach um, nursing students, we barely taught about sleep around newborn sleep too. But, you know, when I was teaching community health, it's newborn. It's just, we, we talk about feeding. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. We talk about like the whole cycle, the duration, the frequency and, and all that stuff about feeding. And then we also talk about growth and development, like what's happening yes. in that first month. Like yes. w- they're starting to recognize your, they recognize your voice already, but mm-hmm. now they're trying to recognize faces and they're looking sure. around. We talk about hunger cues and we talk about all these other cool, neat things about baby development and all that stuff. Yeah. Hardly do we talk 
talk about sleep. We talk yeah. about safe sleep for sure. Yes. Because we yeah. want to be able to align that with the evidence with SIDS and what is what is acceptable and what's high risk and whatnot, right? So we, we talk about that, but that's pretty much it about sleep that we talk about. So going back to the topic here is there is so much in literature that information is not getting down quick enough to families. No, right? and that's, yeah, even some physicians that I know say, we just don't get training yeah. Yeah. in this yeah. area. And it's something that everyone struggles with. And quite honestly, I think if we were, as parents, we were a bit better set up and educated around this area of sleep going yeah. into it, it might be a bit of a smoother run. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, definitely some kids sleep better than others yeah. naturally. Uh, but things like sleep needs is something that could be covered and taught to parents of how often does a newborn need to sleep? Yeah. Because looking back on it, I had really cranky kids and I think they were overtired. Right. Totally. But if, it wasn't until I started studying it yeah. that I realized that that is probably what was going on. When you have a cranky or irritable little one, what does it do to us as the parent? It makes us cranky and irritable, right? Yes. And then what does it do to our partner? Well, I'm going to go lash out to my partner, right? I'm going to, right? Because everything is kind of thrown off a little bit. So, yeah. and, and tracing it all back, maybe it was because, like you said, maybe it was because of sleep. I really think so. I think it can really impact a family dynamic on so many levels. Yeah. And solving this little piece of the puzzle. And like you said before, there's there's so many different pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. Right it's not just feeding. It's not just eat or sleeping. And it's not just physical activity. It all goes all, together. Yeah, for it sure. all goes together. But by, you know, having some experts, some people who can guide you in the mm -hmm. different areas to kind of fit these pieces of the puzzle together, it can help improve that experience of parenthood, totally, I believe, right. um, so that everyone is feeling good and confident yeah. at where they're at. I really didn't feel confident in those first few months yeah. um, as a parent. Me too. And, and you know, one of our, one of our taglines at Colo Families is confidence. Like we want yeah. parents to have some confidence like we we understand that we're not trying to make it 100 easy for parents because i we still believe that parents still need to have that experience going through these trials and tribulations that's the part of parenting too right so is, yeah. i think the key word is how do we make it easier mm -hmm. so if there's a way that you know if there's like a tip there's the latest evidence or research around a certain thing then yeah let's share that with our families because maybe we've been doing it wrong for the longest time, <laughs> right? I remember with our first kid, uh, she's eight now, but when she was a newborn, you know, my wife and I, we had no, we had no idea. We were so, we were newbies. Even though I was a nurse, we're still a newbie at being <laughs> a parent, which is another assumption a lot of people have. They're like, oh, you're a nurse. Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you know this? You know this? I'm like, uh, no. No. But with our first one, yeah, like she had colic and, um, she had a really hard time, like a, a stretch where sleeping was a challenge. And I'm just like hiding in the bathroom with her with the lights off and just trying yes. to like console her and trying to get that gas out and trying to get her back to bed. And, and seriously, I'm in the bathroom, lights off, door closed. And uh -huh. 
and then my <laughs> I hope my mother-in-law doesn't um listen to the podcast here but she was <laughs> she was like on the other side of the door and kind of like knocking and and just checking if everything's okay and if she can help but to me I'm like no just in my head I'm like I'm fine just go go away because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to deal with this right now doing the best um, I can right now <laughs> right I'm trying to prove my parenting skills right <laughs> which goes to my next statement and I would love to hear your thought like there's this statement the, the level or or the success of how your newborn sleeps is a measure of your parenting skill which I already know the answer is <laughs> but what do you think <laughs> Did you see my head shake there yeah, silently? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did you hear that? Just it, like, just like again, internet. <laughs> right, right. Oh, internet has the but, best you know, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it kind of goes back to that whole baby whisperer kind of thing, right? Like, if you can put a baby to sleep, you are gold standard of parenting. No. Right? Uh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, lay that one down. To <laughs> that. that is not at yeah. all the case. Yeah. That is not at all the case. There are definitely some newborns, like I said before, that sleep better and some newborns that have a bit more of a spirited attitude. That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) A little more vocal, a little more difficult to calm. And it is not one bit reflective of your parenting skills. I think something, you know, I was speaking with a nurse uh, not too long ago and we were talking about how could, you know, we educate parents beforehand? Because looking back on it, I felt like maybe it would have helped me had I known this information before going, before becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. And I still think there is, that could be beneficial in some way. But one thing she said to me, which I thought was 100% true. She said, for sure. But sometimes people aren't ready to learn and hear that information until they're in it. Yeah. So I really think there's some value to that and what she said in that some things we are going to have to learn as we're figuring it, figuring the parenting journey out and sleep might be part of that, that until you're in it, until you're seeing what it's like, how it plays out for your child, you might not take in as much as you think when looking back on it. So for me, I'm like 100%, I would have taken that in, but I guarantee I probably wouldn't have taken it in as well as I think. So I think that's really important to remember and for parents to go easy on themselves that it isn't a straightforward journey for anyone. There is always going to be things to figure out. And yes, maybe you do have a baby that is a little more spirited and that's okay. (laughs) There are still steps you can take to get in the right direction. I just love how you just use that term, a more spirited <laughs> baby. It's very gentle kind of way. Yeah, I'm like, no, I I know another word other than spirited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But, you know, I, yeah, I agree. Like, maybe you don't know that what you need to know until you're in it, right? Yeah, and it's a so, tough balance. Right? They know that there is help out there yeah. at, any, at any point in time, right? Yes. Generally newborns sleep about what eight to nine hours in the daytime um, and eight hours at night but one of the things that we don't account for is that that chunk of time it's split up Mm -hmm. right so that's where you get your have to wake up every couple of hours kind of thing with them because as rosa said uh, mentioned earlier they've got needs and one of them could be they're hungry so they're waking up uh, because they've got super tiny 
tummies um, and they can only hold in so much. And then they're going to wake up and have, they'll, they'll need another feed. As they get older, their tummies are going to get bigger and you're going to be able to put more um, nutrients in there for sure. So and we're going to move on to our next segment here. We're going to do some myth busting. Mm. So Rosa, I'm going to shoot out a few myths or facts um, to you and you let me know what they are. You ready? Okay. Okay. Drum roll. Here we go. Now here's number one. If your baby sleeps too long in the day, they will be up all night. That one can kind of go both ways. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both yeah, on that one, Aaron. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like me to explain as well? Because yes. of my rationale behind that case. So I think oftentimes we do think that too much daytime sleep can impact that nighttime sleep. And there are certain situations where actually your kids need a good amount of daytime sleep to improve that nighttime sleep. Mm-hmm. So when kids get too sleep deprived, let's say, let's say they're on a three nap schedule for the day, for example, and they only get 30 minutes at each nap, they are going to be going to bed overtired. And that can really impact overnight sleep. It can cause kids to have difficulties falling asleep and can cause some more night nighttime wake ups. Okay. So in that case, when babies are younger, definitely, I would say, let them sleep because that extra daytime sleep is actually going to help improve that nighttime sleep. As kids get older though, as these babies get a bit older, there will be a time where you're gonna start looking at their daytime sleep a bit more and checking to make sure that their hours coincide with their total hours needed in a 24 hour period. So if you find your baby at some point sleeping, you know, over two and a half hours, closer to three, then yeah, there may be a time where we want to decrease that daytime sleep. If that last nap of the day is getting too close to bedtime, then we want to decrease that daytime sleep a little bit to ensure that your child is building up enough sleep pressure, is kind of how we call it, to get them through the night, to sleep through the night. Okay. Does that make sense? So sleep pressure Mm -hmm. is is essentially when we wake up in the day, we start to build this sleep pressure, um, which helps us sleep and transition through sleep cycles. As a baby naps and sleeps, we relieve a little bit of that sleep pressure and then they build it up again during their next wake period. Mm -hmm. And then they release it a bit at the next nap and then they build it up again before bedtime and then they release it through the night as they sleep before the whole cycle begins again in the morning. So you need to be sure to build enough sleep pressure for each sleep period, um, but not too much that you're overtired. (laughs) It's a really tricky balance, that one. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) So for those that are listening, if that just went like right over your head, make sure you shoot Rosa a message. Her contacts will be in the details in the podcast link here. Um, I apologize. (laughs) That's all good. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'm like, "Mm." you had lost me. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Myth busting number two. Short naps mean horrible nights. And that's a great myth-busting question that we're going to cover in the next episode because we have come up to our 15 minutes. So come on back as we finish up our part three of three of the S-word in the next episode. We'll cover some more myth-busting topics and also a few more for the win moments with Rosalie from Plume Sleep. So stay tuned. Follow us on social media at Colo Families 
And in the meantime, check out our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. So Google, Apple, or Amazon, or head straight to our website for all of these great resources. A quick shout out to our editor, Jessica Wong. For now, stay well families and parent on. Catch you in the next episode.